This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and Pearl Jam and Rock 102. I do not believe the eyes in my own head. The next two days have no rain in the forecast. Mostly sunny today, a high of 78. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds and 76. No word of rain. Wow. Till Sunday. We could probably use the rain. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, so it could be a nice weekend. Unless you're worrying about Sunday. Exactly. Half a nice Nice half a weekend. Half of something good is better than nothing good. Well, these days, unfortunately, that's true. Uh, today is the final day that you'll get a, a summer stimulus keyword of the day. Could be worth $1,000 to you. We'll announce the uh, the keyword around 7.50 this morning. And there's some other stuff, too. I mean, it's well, not just you know, all look, about a keyword. It's Friday, so uh, don't expect a whole hell of a lot. It's 5.34 on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5.50 in the Eagles on Rock 102. No rain in the forecast for the next two days. Just sunshine and uh, highs in the upper 70s. Not even a destructive thunderstorm which is a a new classification the weather service has just come up with destructive that sounds frightening oh it is Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve A forty-year-old piece of wedding cake will hit the auction block in about two weeks, and it's expected to sell for around seven hundred dollars. Why? Say why? Why? Because it was from the wedding of Prince Charles and Princess Diana in July of nineteen eighty-one. The uh, slice came from one of 23 cakes that were made for the ceremony. No, John, I think you were thinking uh, that that was a slice <laughs> of cake from the wedding of King Edward VIII to Wallace Simpson circa 1937, priced $29,000. Nagel, you fantastic titmouse. <laughs> I'd say it's worth about two nineteen. Uh, it's an $219,000. No, $2.19. It's an entomans. <laughs> <laughs> do, they have a, do they have a castle at Windsor? No, they have a display case at the end of the aisle. And see. Yeah. yeah, I was looking for that as fast as I could and couldn't find it. When you guys were married, do you ever do that uh, that ridiculous tradition of freezing the top of your wedding cake and then having it during your uh, your first anniversary? No, because we had a big Y cake. Yeah, you know what? You, you did yourself a favor because anytime you freeze a cake and eat it a year later, it tastes like garbage. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, do that. I don't remember doing it. it. I don't think so. Yeah, people do it, and they Sounds always regret having wasted all that cake in a freezer. Sounds dumb. Yeah, but don't you have good luck now for the rest of your life? No, no, no you don't. Now you have no, no, uh, botulism. Good, good luck would be having a delicious cake on yeah. your first anniversary. Bad luck would be getting botulism as a, as because of it. Uh, the auction house says, quote, it appears to be in exactly the same good condition as when originally sold, but we advise against eating it. Well, even just a little bit, because then you got to try to even it out. And, uh, you know, you go from one side to the next to try to even it. And the next thing you know, you've you've I, eaten almost the whole thing. I was trying to find the part where Elaine was listening to, like, waltz music. And then, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Duchess. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> but what, there was a line that I was trying to... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, he goes, Elaine, I have a question for you. Is the item still 
with you? <laughs> Do you know what happens to a butter-based frosting after six decades in a poorly ventilated English basement? Well, I have a feeling you're about to go through with punishment enough. <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs> Good old Jay Peterman. That's right. Uh, there's also a list uh, this morning about all these celebrities who buy stupid crap. What is the stupidest thing you've ever bought? Uh, like, uh, you uh, know, purchases that you didn't need, you know? Oh, man, it's a list, and I just can't think of a single one right now. But there's many times that I have bought something and then returned it within a couple of days because I realized this was, a, this was stupid. I once, I once bought at a, uh, at a thrift shop a, a series of motivational tapes by former televangelist Jim Baker. It was a dollar, but I only bought it because of the irony. Well, dollar's not bad. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't have spent mm. uh, you know full price on it, but I always thought, right. oh, how ironic for me to have motivational tapes from a guy whose whole life was destroyed by his own actions. Yeah. Uh, they list Oprah as buying a marble and onyx bathtub that is modeled to the shape of her body. Now, I'm trying to figure out what which, day. What, yeah, yes. what, yeah, what shape, what yeah. day was the. What, was it know, the big Oprah or the smaller Oprah? Well, I was going to I was gonna say, with all the different diets she was pushing all those yeah. years, uh, what, so she lost the weight. She's like, well, I'm going to get this onyx bathtub that fits my body. And yeah. then all of a sudden. It's a foot bath. She balloons back up. Yeah. Wouldn't you get a bathtub that fits Stedman, too? No, no. He's got, his sure. own, he's got his own he's bathroom. Got his own. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's not even allowed in her bathroom. Uh, one of Nicholas Cage spent almost three hundred thousand dollars on a dinosaur skull before returning it to Mongolia because it turned out to be stolen. I, I guess if you have the money, you can buy crap like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but uh, Nicholas Cage three hundred thousand dollars for a dinosaur head. Well, look at the uh, the money that Michael Jackson spent to get the uh, remains of the Elephant Man. Yeah, but Michael Jackson was a very popular and successful uh, recording artist. Well, I mean... Nicolas uh, Cage is... Was a popular and successful actor for all about 10 minutes. He's Nicolas Cage. Uh, Justin Bieber bought a Cadillac CTSV and had it transformed into a Batmobile worth about a quarter of a million dollars. Smart. He, he also spent $5,000 on a custom gold grill for a Halloween costume and 15000 on a custom rose gold grill. You're talking about for his teeth, yeah. his mouth? Yeah, not, yeah. not mm. something you, you yeah. barbecue on. <laughs> cook a steak on. Mm. Well, I get, again, I guess if you have the money, yeah. uh, you might as well be able to spend it somewhere. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney, claiming their decision to release Black Widow when the box office was still weak and also put it on Disney Plus, cut into its profits and bonuses she had in her contract. I saw this yesterday, and by the way, just to go back for a second, um, all those celebrities buying stupid stuff, and yet Britney Spears is in conservatorship. Right. Justin Bieber probably should have had his parents step in and stop him, too. When I saw this story yesterday, I was like, I, I don't understand. How, the how did she not know that Disney was going to release this in both uh, avenues? Turns out, apparently, supposedly... They made this decision, this change, after a contract they, was signed. They always do. That contract, you know, the contract she signs is long before production, long before distribution. So what she has to say about it, you know, after the fact, mm. isn't is all that irrelevant. I mean, she can sue all she wants, right. but it's it's Disney's decision when they can release it. Mm. Yeah, it seemed a, it seemed a little frivolous. Well, or without uh, merit. She's probably gonna. She's probably gonna make some money off that. No, I, no, I don't Maybe. think so. I don't think she will. 
Well, yeah, but if the, if the contract stated that they weren't going to do something like that, and then they did, don't you think that that? Is- well, I mean, they would. She would have to in- prove that they intentionally tried to destroy the profitability of that film. Mm-hmm. And Disney's not about doing that. No, Disney's about uh, making more money. Right. In the original Star Wars, it seemed like a romance might be blossoming between Luke and Leia. It wasn't until Return of the Jedi in 1983 that we found out that they were siblings. Well, there's a TV ad for Star Wars that aired in 1977 that's pretty weird in retrospect because it concentrates solely on the supposed budding love affair between them. It opens up with the narrator saying, quote, From the moment he saw her image, he had to find her. Then it later says, uh, quote, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, in danger, in love, in Star Wars. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Uh, the announcement's longer than the movie. They were, uh, yeah, but movie trailers used to be like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were the original taboo. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to sell the sizzle. Yeah, but they didn't know they were brother and sister, right? Right. Yeah. She's hot. Yeah. And even uh, the actors didn't know that they were going to be siblings. Yeah, yeah, so... Carry on. Yeah, but tabooing. Isn't that the planet they were at? Uh, Tatooine. Oh, oh it's so close, though. <laughs> I thought it was the future of the lobster, too. No. And that's your uh, Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. NA, all rights reserved. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as uh, soon-to-be Hall of Fame broadcaster myself, I must tell you that when it comes time to reveal my Hall of Fame plaque or my Hall of Fame bust or the piece of paper that says I'm in the Hall of Fame, which hopefully comes with validated parking, you won't see me ask for a recount, nor will you see me demanding that my name be removed from consideration. That's because I'm just as curious as you are as to why something like this would happen in the first place. Nevertheless, I will accept this as the honor for which it was intended, and when I get back to work, I will play two tickets to paradise just one more time. The same sort of gratitude and reverence cannot be said of former Red Sox pitcher Kurt Schilling. You may recall that Schilling had been the leading vote-getter for Hall of Fame enshrinement earlier this year, but failed to get enough votes to qualify for induction. In fact, he was 16 votes shy, and as a result, nobody was elected to the Hall of Fame this year. In January, Kurt Schilling asked the Hall of Fame Board of Directors to remove his name from further consideration during his final year of eligibility. Instead, he would prefer to be elected by the Veterans Committee, most of whom have actually played baseball during their lives. Yesterday, the Baseball Writers Association of America, who votes for this sort of thing, officially denied his request to be removed from the ballot, which means that Kurt Schilling could technically be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame against his will. Folks, there's enough hostility between Kurt Schilling and the baseball writers where I can see the guy getting voted in just to piss him off. I know of no other player in history who has been voted in out of spite, but if there's one guy deserving of it, it would be Kurt Schilling. Pete Rose can't get in because everybody hates him too, but Schilling has been shrewd enough to reject such an honor only to see his potential enshrinement happen purely out of disrespect. Remember, this is the same crafty bastard that got the state of Rhode Island to give him gobs of cash to release video games that were never produced. I'm telling you, he's either a master of reverse psychology or he's just a jerk. And I'll leave it to you to figure out which one is which.
But hey, an FMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Rockies have been around for an awful long time, 95 years, and they opened up their first store in Springfield in 1926. And for that entire 95 years, they've been giving you nonstop good rock-solid service. You'll still find it today at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611 and the Scorpions on Rock 102. Well, I'll believe it when I see it, but supposedly there's uh, no rain in the forecast for the next two days. Sunshine 78 today, sun and clouds in 76 tomorrow, 64 now in downtown Springfield. By the way, uh, 7.50 this morning, we're going to be giving you the final keyword of the day for the summer stimulus your chance at a thousand dollars last time last day it is uh after all uh the final weekday of july so uh yeah we're not doing that tomorrow no plus you know, you know we what do you think we're made of money <laughs> i mean come on look at us <laughs> this place is falling apart yep. you expect us to come up with a thousand dollars a day for two months in a row forget about it surprise I'm not even sure we're good for the thousand we've given away. Remember a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I don't. No, <laughs> no, I know you don't. Come on, stop it. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in here, uh, belly aching like a little crybaby about uh, a trigger finger. Oh Remember? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the trigger finger was on the uh, the ring finger of my right hand. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you can try to imagine what this is, is it's uh, it's a kind of uh, situation where your ligaments in your fingers. <laughs> no longer are smooth, and uh, the finger gets locked in a position. Yeah. Kind of like when if, you're, uh, if you've got a gun, and I know many of you people in Springfield know exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. uh, with the gun. You know, when you, when you put your, your finger in the, in, in the trigger yeah. and you're about to hold up that liquor store, yeah. uh, imagine you know, your finger's in the gun, but you can't unlock your finger. Like, you can't pull it out of the gun because it's in that one position. Oh, that's weird. It's really weird. And, and uh, I was having that on my ring finger, mm-hmm. okay? And it was, uh, it was painful and uncomfortable and left my hand... Uh, in a weakened state. Now, thankfully, I am predominantly left-handed, so... Well, what's your hands doing in a weekend state? It's a weakened state, oh. not a weekend. Oh, okay. Weakened state. Mm-hmm. So I'm mostly left-handed, so all the good stuff that I do with my hands uh, was still uh, was still okay. But the right hand is important. You can't... Uh, I mean, you can't hold a basketball with a, no. with, with a bum hand. Uh, you can't juggle with a bum hand. That's why God gave us two hands. Why exactly? It's why you know we were designed to have two of these mitts on us. Mm -hmm. So I'm complaining about it on the air, and I get a phone call later in the day from the Hand Center of Western Massachusetts. The Hand Center of Western Mass. Yes, on uh, on Main Street in Springfield, and they say, "Hey, you got a trigger finger?" I say, "Yes." They say, "Well, you know what? We can treat something like that." I said, "Really?" They say, "Yes." So I go in there, and they give me a cortisone shot. So now, wait a minute. You went into this place and you were able to get a hand. Someone's job must, was to take care of your hand. I know where you're going with this. And again, why must you sexualize I don't every know possible what thing you're talking in life? about? Anyway, uh, it's a cortisone shot. And the doctor said, listen, this is going to hurt tremendously when I put this shot in, uh, in your hand. <laughs> and when Elaine was getting the shot. And she said, will this hurt? The doctor goes, oh, yes, very much. Yeah, well, that's exactly what this guy was saying. (laughs) And he basically said, listen, this is what I want you to do. Follow my directions. I want you to look away. Mm. I don't want you to breathe. And then I want you to exhale very, very slowly because this is going to hurt quite a lot. In that moment, did you think to yourself, 
you know, this trigger finger thing really doesn't hurt that bad. Well, you know, I didn't expect that it was going to hurt that much. I mean, I've had shots before. Well, how much worse could this possibly be? No shot. Dog bite. Well, it hurt a lot. But uh, almost within 24 hours, problem solved. Haven't had any problem with the trigger finger whatsoever. Now, what, did he describe why it would be so painful? Well... You're putting a, a shot into like the the ball of the uh, of the joint, like right in your palm, okay. Uh-huh. And you're putting a lot of uh, your cortisone, you know, mixed with the uh, whatever it's mixed with, uh, into your hand. So it's already swollen, and it takes mm. time for the cortisone to to work to 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 activate what it, it does. So is this like one of those big Novocaine needles too? Yeah, it's kind of a big needle. Yeah, see, that's the thing I don't understand. You get the COVID shot. A small little needle in your arm. It's so small that it, when because uh, my wife Jenny had the uh, the uh, the Pfizer, mm-hmm. it was uh, such a small needle she wasn't even sure it was in her arm yet. I know, and they said it's over with. They you told know. me all I was going to feel was a little prick, and I and I'm like, uh, okay, but when do I get the shot? <laughs> oh my goodness! Listen to you sexualizing everything uh, one more time so, in the same conversation. So, like it's endless. I don't know. So uh, I have another problem with the hand, and, and we addressed oh, it boy. during this uh, this uh, this first visit. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's an arthritic uh, situation with my thumb. So you know, I had the trigger finger in the, in the ring finger, and arthritis in the thumb on and the same hand. Same hand. I mean, now, you might as well just cut it off at this point. No, no, no. I was told you know come back four to six weeks later, and we'll address the thumb because we're not going to give you two cortisone shots if that's what it requires. So I, uh, I, I, yesterday was the appointment, uh, the second appointment, mm-hmm. and it was very, very brief. But he basically said, "Listen, it doesn't uh, cortisone doesn't uh, affect arthritis the same way it would affect a trigger finger, where it smooths out everything, and you know, you, don't, you don't have a problem, and it, essentially you could be cured." He said, "This is a situation where this will resolve any discomfort for quite a while, but." You know the thumb. This is my, uh, you know, this is my words with friends. Thumb. This is my mm-hmm. uh, texting everybody I know. Thumb. Yep. This is, uh, you know, posting on social media. Thumb. Sure. I do everything with this thumb. It's like the captain of the fingers. Yes, it it really is because mm-hmm. all the other fingers fall in line. Yeah. The doctor, same doctor, uh, says to me, "How's the, uh, the the trigger point?" I say, "It's fantastic." Problem solved. You're like a, a medical genius. Uh-huh. Thank you so much for resolving it. The small amount of discomfort I felt uh, four to six weeks ago is a small price to pay for the fluid movement of that ring finger. And yet I bet it was a big price to pay. Uh, well, I mean, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but the issue uh, for the thumb is different when it comes to cortisone. He said, now you can choose to do cortisone or there may be other things that we could do. But, you know, I said, you know, it's totally up to you. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? Cortisone has worked so good in this other problem. Mm. I'm willing to have the cortisone for this problem, too. You're not thinking about the pain? Well, this is when it uh, the conversation morphs a little bit. And he says, uh, I'm going to let you know that this shot is probably going to hurt more than the last mm-hmm. shot. Just because of where it is. It's going into a joint. It's going to be right there on your thumb. And you're going to feel discomfort for three to five days. He said, you're going to hate me for three to five days. But once that three to five days is over, uh, you're going to think I'm a genius. And once again, I would be I would be measuring the pain of the condition against the pain I'm being warned about. But, you know, in that situation where, you know, your thumb is is 
you know, sore all the time. You kind of conduct a risk assessment in your mm-hmm. head, like, well, how much worse could it possibly be than the last shot? I mean, really, the last, it, shot, the last shot hurt, but it resolved the problem. Does it hurt only while the needle is in? No, it hurts for three to five days after it's out. Uh, oh, yeah, no. That's what no, I'm saying. So no. so yesterday I opt to get the shot, mm-hmm. even though he says it's going to hurt and probably hurt worse. Yep. And it's the same thing. I turn my head to the left. I breathe in. I slowly breathe out. And then he drives a railroad spike into my hand. Mm-hmm. Holy Jesus, did that freaking thing hurt. Speaking of Jesus. Imagine two of them in each palm. That's my genuflecting hand, by the way. Yeah. You know, it's imagine like, that. I mean, yes. And Jesus pretty much just laid there and took it. Did this, you? Uh, did you scream? Uh, no. Did you I, cry? I. You know what? I gotta. I gotta say, uh, once the uh, the needle was in my hand, and I'm, you know, trying to uh, you exhale let, slowly. You let the expletives fly. Uh, no, I. But <laughs> I gasped it like uh-huh. like, a, like a full body gasp from my toes to the top of my head was like. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was incredibly painful, but and and now he said, uh, you know, there's lidocaine in this, so you'll be fine for a little while. It's going to feel sore, but then yeah, after the lidocaine wears off, it's going to be much more painful. Well, give me more of the lidocaine to take home. Well, I thought about that. I said, well, can I have some lidocaine yeah, to go? Exactly. Uh, if I can get like a like a like a mai tai and a cup at a restaurant yeah. to take with me, why can't I get more lidocaine? He said, no, it it needs to needs to work its way through but after the that three to five day period it's gonna be fine it's gonna work its way through even if i'm on painkillers so i uh you know they they gave me a wrap for this thumb and i'm wearing it today and it's just it's 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 very very sore it's really tender Uh and but i know that this guy after dealing with the 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 trigger finger i kind of trust him even though he's he hurt me. Yeah, even though he's a he's a torturer. Well, I, I don't want to say he's like a like a like a masochist. I mean, he's, oh, yeah, he's he basically is. trying to resolve you know painful issues. You know, that, mm. that was a lot of pain and discomfort in that trigger finger, and now uh, I'm I'm dealing with a thumb. But uh, three to five days, which means by Monday or Tuesday, this is going to feel fantastic. <laughs> or I'm going to curse this guy until yeah. uh, the until the end of time and which, hold the check. Well, I, won't, I probably won't get billed right away. I mean, it takes a little while. It took me four to six weeks to, to even get the bill for the last one. But, well, but that was worth paying because by that point you felt better. Yeah, but you know, thanks to the uh, the folks at the hand center because man, that uh, they they're doing good work over there. Even though like today today is already a rugged day, mm. I can feel like today is going to be uh, not great. Yep. For the hand, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to having the, my thumb back. So in action. So good job to the hand people. Yeah, the hand center of Western Massachusetts on Main Street. And, uh, uh, they they do the the job they do over there is the best hand you I would, could ask for. I would applaud them, but my hand hurts. Yes, so yeah. I won't be doing that today. But I, uh, I'd be careful. But uh, no, and so- and careful. You know what you're going to do? You're going to go somewhere today. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people there who've never met you before, and they're all going to be trying to shake your hand. No, you know what? I, actually, I did that yesterday. Mm-hmm. We went out to dinner, and a friend of mine showed up, and he was there with his family, and he he shook my hand. And of course, you know, it's your it's your handshaking hand, and I'm trying I'm trying not to 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 react, but as he's shaking my hand, my hand's screaming. Yeah. It's it's a, it hurts so much, and like. Like this morning, I'm I'm leaving for the house. I grab my my travel mug of coffee, 
and I, you know, instant, instinctly just grabbed it with my right hand. Yeah. Oh, that was a mistake. Mm. I shouldn't have done that with the right hand. I, I should have just used the other hand, even though that's my preferred hand. But this is my drinking, drink, uh, coffee drinking hand. Well, with the with the handshake, you know, you can still get by with the um, yeah, sorry, COVID. COVID. I yeah, know, COVID. I know. But the thing is, I've already shaken this guy's hand before. So it'd be kind of like going back. Before COVID, though. No, even during COVID. During I've, COVID? I've seen yeah. him during COVID. We shook hands uh, yeah. a while back. You know, one of those things where you, it, it's again, it's an instinctual thing. Yeah. You shake his hand, you instantly regret it. But then I see him last night and I, and I feel like, well, now I can't just say, I'm sorry, COVID makes me uneasy. I can't shake hands. I've already shaken his hands within like the last two months. Well, I would, uh, you, it sounds like you got to hand it to the folks at the hand center. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But no, hopefully uh, hopefully by Monday, this thing will be uh, ready to go and I'll be able to resume my training for cage fighting. Did he say that if not, there would need to be a second one? Uh, he d- There is a follow-up, yeah. but that's uh, you know late in September. So um, we're all good. Yeah. We're good for, for now. now. It's 624. We're back to O'Brien to Rock 102. Last- it's 626 of Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. You know, I was thinking something yesterday when we were playing nonstop ZZ Top. Um, wasn't it two years ago at the Big E that ZZ Top canceled for, uh, yeah, I thought it was a medical so. reason. Although for but some I reason, think I, think, I think it was Frank Beard yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're all in their 70s. Oh, I mean, they're, not, they're not young dudes. No. But what I heard yesterday... And, and and this is kind of surprising, you know, considering that guy has been in that band forever. They're going to continue without him. Find somebody what? else to play. Yes, they're going to find somebody else to play bass. I don't know who it's going to be. It but, better uh, be somebody. I saw. But a Billy picture. and Frank want to keep playing. I saw a picture yesterday, uh, obviously very many years ago, where uh, uh, who's the guy that uh, Dusty Hill? D- Dusty Hill. It was a picture of Dusty Hill and Billy. Uh, what is it? Gibbons? Billy Gibbons. Billy Gibbons. Dusty Hill already had a beard, but Billy Gibbons didn't. It was kind of it was kind of weird Listen, to see somebody like that. That, that documentary that's on Netflix is mm. very very good, and you learn some things about that band that I had no idea. That, it was a really good, well well produced video, uh, documentary. Well, whoever comes in now better have that beard. Maybe maybe th- they can get one of the uh, what was the family of uh, people on that show, the Hillbillies. The uh, Beverly Hillbillies? No, no, no. The the duck. Oh, the duck. Uh, oh, the duck Dynasty yeah, guys. Yeah, Duck Dynasty. I don't know how musical any of them are. What about the guys from the Oak Ridge Boys? I don't. <laughs> I think there's only one they're guy. All dead. I think there's only one guy that had the beard. I don't think you have to have a beard. It's just oh no, you do have to have a beard. I, I think if you're a good bass player and you can play those songs, that's probably all they care about. No, nope. You got to have the beard, or you're out, or or a fake one. No, I don't. I don't think the the rules at this point in their career. I don't think they care. Yeah, nobody's gonna go. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. This is weird. Ever since the day that I got the vaccine. Yeah. When I urinate, it's complete silence. You can't hear a thing. Really? Yeah. I called my doctor up. I said, what's up with that? He goes... Well, it's because you got the Pfizer and the P is silent. 
the you penis see the penis silence. <laughs> so I don't hear anything when I go number one. <laughs> Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Who are the geniuses that decide, you know what, maybe if we combine the Duncan Cole brew with coconut water, we'd have something fantastic bursting with electrolytes. Whoa, man, I almost passed out. I think my electrolytes are down. Yeah, well, that may be. But who who decides this? I mean, how do they how do they come up with these brilliant ideas? Scientists. Of, they have scientists. I, I guess. But uh, you think about uh, you know the electrolytes you burn throughout the day, and then you you mix it with the cold brew with the, the, the subtly sweet taste with no added sugar. That's a heck of a drink. Can you imagine that if you met somebody at a party and you asked them what they did for the for a living, and they said, "Oh, I'm a scientist with Dunkin' Donuts." I oh, would, you're the guy who came up with Electro Brew. I could sit with those guys all day and talk about cold brew and electrolytes. Yeah, as long as we're, yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, America <laughs> runs on Duncan. Price of participation may vary. It's a limited time offer. Who doesn't? 633 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Traffic alert. Eat road hug. Multiple roadways in Greenfield are closed this morning due to separate water main breaks. According to the Greenfield Police, the intersection of Main and Federal Street is closed due to a break there. In addition, another break has shut down the area in the road, or I'm sorry, the road in the area of one Main Street. One. One. Main Street. Main Street. The uh, department also. At the end of the road, it's two Main Street. The uh, department had also reported a gas leak in the area of Main and Federal oh my Street. my God, what the hell's going on in that city? Thursday, a portion of Arch Street was closed due to a break uh, that flooded the roadway and caused a loss of water pressure for nearby residents. That break has since been repaired. There's no word at this time on the cause of the other breaks. Are all these things connected? Well, all pipes are connected. Well, somehow. I know they're all pipes, but I mean, I, 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 we're talking about the same area, right? Yeah. The same general area. So one might be causing the other, the next. Could be. I'm not a uh, water main break expert. I don't even know how those things happen. I don't even know a water main break expert. Well, I'm sure well, there the, are water the, main the, break experts. The uh, same people that fix the water main breaks are probably experts in how to fix them. Nah, the ones who tell them what to do are the experts. A uh, juvenile was arraigned for murder of a staff member uh, at the DYS facility in Springfield Thursday morning. David Burgos was arraigned at Springfield District Court on Zoom with murder and assault charges for the deadly attack on 60-year-old James Hillman at the DYS facility on Tinkham Road. Burgos is 16 but is being tried as an adult. He pleaded not guilty and is being held without right to bail in the custody of a secure facility at DYS. He's charged with murder, assault and battery on a person over 60 years old, and assault and battery on a correctional officer. The Hamden District Attorney's Office identified James Hillman as the victim of an assault on June 30th. Hillman was a staff member and an employee uh, for CHD at DYS on Tinkham Road in Springfield, where he was allegedly attacked by Burgos, who was a resident. When his co-workers discovered him, they reportedly administered first aid. While waiting for paramedics, Hillman died at Bay State Medical Center, where he was receiving treatment for his injuries. Stephanie Barry actually did a very good story yesterday on uh, that was on Mass Live. It's kind of it's kind of weird that. So first of all, this this little scumbag uh, was previously at a facility, I guess, in Westfield, where he uh, started the fight. And in the article, it described him as being the loser of that one, uh, which I imagine he's going to be discovering himself as again uh, when he spends the rest of his life in a in a maximum security prison at some, such a young age. But um, that. 
so all the employees at that center on Tingham Road, or any of these places probably, have some type of a, of a communication system, whether it's a walkie-talkie or, um, well, I'm guessing it's probably a walkie-talkie. And that after the victim was incapacitated, it was the suspect who actually got on the radio and said that there had been an attack and someone was injured. So then, you know, when the employees come to the room and they see their fellow employee incapacitated on the floor, they ask what happened. And, of course, the kid says, he attacked me. I had to defend myself, which makes no sense. But Which, which seemed plausible. I'm sure everybody was willing to believe that one. Yeah, yeah not for a second. Uh, Holyoke police are looking for the public's help in identifying a person that robbed a bank on Wednesday afternoon. According to Police Captain Matthew Moriarty, they were called to Westfield Bank on Northampton Street around 3.50 p.m. Wednesday afternoon for a report of the bank robbery. The person that uh, called police told the suspect, uh, I'm sorry, the person that called told police the suspect had left on foot and was last seen on St. James Avenue. Witnesses in the area of the bank told police the suspect entered the bank through the front door with a firearm, jumped over the bank counter, and demanded money. What came in through the front door? Did you see the photo? Yeah. Gun sideways? Well, uh, you know, if you want to have bad aim, that's the way to do it. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, where that where that came from or why anyone thinks that's a, that's a good way to shoot. Because it looks cool. It doesn't really look... You kind of look like you don't know what you're doing. No, you clearly don't know what you're doing. But, you know, as far as uh, you, your common thug, I mean, uh, they seem to think that that is a, a more intimidating intimidating way of pointing a gun at you than mm. any other way. See, I would just laugh at them. I would be like, what do you think you're going to hit with a gun like that uh, if I was one of those see, tellers? If, if yeah. I went in there, they say, oh, how are you going to pull okay. the trigger with that trigger finger? Just because they're not going to hit uh, whatever's directly in front of them, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they're not going to hit something else. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I would still no. be like, dude, you really think you're gonna? You really think that's going to be an accurate shot? Yeah, the way the way you got that thing pointed, your yeah. only thing you're going to shoot is this big jar of mints you or know, yourself. I think in a situation like that, uh, if somebody brandishes a gun in a manner like that, I don't think that's the thing you're thinking. Well, not most people. I would be. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. really, Rambo. Oh, yeah, really, well, really. yeah. I mean, Please. I've been around. I've been around enough guns. I've been. Around, I've been at the range often enough to know you're not going to hit your target that way. You know what? A lot of these guys just simply don't understand. And I know. You know. You listen. I mean, you want to commit a crime. You make a. You make your plans. You know. You get. The, you got everything worked out. Maybe a getaway vehicle, and you're thinking, I'm going to walk out of that bank with gobs of money. Well, the fact of the matter is, you will probably make more money in a high-interest-earning CD or money market account, Mm -hmm. which might be a better option than just go and brandish a gun in a bank, which is going to require you to, you know, pay for a defense attorney. And he didn't even have a a, a getaway car. He fled on foot. I know. See, this this just shows you the guy wasn't wasn't thinking about his money, and he wasn't thinking about uh, getting away. Yet he still got away. Yeah, he's still on the run. They'll find him. Suspect left the bank with an undisclosed amount of cash from the north entrance. The person is described as a large Hispanic man wearing a gray baseball hat, black hooded sweatshirt, black pants, black shoes. What is that? Black shoes. What is that Uh, song? uh, By uh, Rancid. Uh, Black Cadillac. Black Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) But again, no no getaway car. (laughs) No getaway car. 
Uh, so if you have any information, you're asked to call the Holyoke Police Department. The uh, Springfield Fire Department assisted in getting a person out of a vehicle after a car accident near Walnut Street Thursday morning. According to the department, a car accident occurred in the parking lot off of Walnut Street. Photos shared by the department show a vehicle on top of the hood of another vehicle. What it's crazy? It was, like, it was almost like a like a like a Dagwood sandwich, just being layered up on top of each other. They say how or what happened? No, they have no idea how it happened. Twenty two's got a pretty decent picture of it from a couple of angles. I didn't even see it, and I've been all over twenty two this well, morning. Apparently, you weren't on this page. Well, you're not on the right part of twenty two. Apparently not. You're on the wrong side of the tracks on twenty two. I think you've you've gone so far over the wrong side of the tracks of twenty two. You're in Western Mass News. I'm on uh, I'm on the wrong two. It would be a bummer to be on in either car, but I feel worse for the guy in the bottom. Now, he's just a guy innocently parked on this uh, in this uh, on this uh, this parking lot, and boom, here's a guy driving right up on top of his car. That's not going to buff out. Still looking for it. Not buff out. You're not even going to be. A, can you back out of that? I don't. Think no, I don't think no. so. I think the the uh, the top car has to be lifted off of it. Maybe if you had all wheel drive. Even all-wheel drive, Steve, you still got another car on top of your uh, your hood. Yeah, that's true. If uh, Encore Boston was to reintroduce poker right now, as some of its guests have demanded, it would require the casino to close other table games because it can't find enough people to hire as dealers, an executive told the Gaming Commission on Thursday. The state's two casinos, Encore Boston Harbor and MGM Springfield, resumed mostly normal operations in late May without reintroducing poker, and the Gaming Commission has taken notice of the tenfold increase in complaints about the game's absence in the Bay State. The casinos have both said they will make decisions about the future of poker by the end of the year. You know, it's, uh, I, I got to say, I just, I don't think it's going to come back. Um, I think this is an interesting new excuse. Well, we don't have enough, we don't have enough dealers. I mean, if we want to start playing poker again, we got to start moving dealers around, meaning we're going to have to close other tables. And besides, the poker room now is full of high-end slot machines, which, by the way, we're making a lot more money off of those than we are off of poker tables. I don't think they're going to bring poker back. As a permanent decision? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Poker's pretty popular. I, it's I, popular, I, but it's not money-making. Until they are able to you know, train new dealers. Yeah, yeah, I can see not doing it. But. And they're saying they're running people through dealer school as fast as they can. A little too fast, I think. That's how I told you I had a dealer playing blackjack who couldn't count to 14. Well, wow. I couldn't either. Frankly. He, he skipped that day. Yeah, yeah. He, apparently. he skipped the last day of class, which is fourteen to twenty-one. No, All he right. was two weeks in, and then he stopped going. Yeah, and right at thirteen. At, uh, and on the third, the beginning of the class on the third week, it was yeah. counting day. <laughs> yeah, for fourteen. Right. But uh, no, I don't. Uh, I bet they're not going to open them if they're not. If they're not making mo- the way things are going now, post pandemic, every foot of that place has got to be bringing money in. And and if it's not, they're not gonna they're not gonna bring it back. Uh, Jackie Crum, Encore Boston Harbor senior VP, you said uh, to be clear, we didn't say never to poker. Yeah, right. We just said not now. Right. We're constantly readdressing our offerings based on guest demand. Yeah, but if the guest demand you, you is requiring, yeah, you got a tenfold <laughs> demand of uh, guests asking for poker. 
The uh, heads of the police and fire departments in uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec, held a somber news conference Thursday afternoon, apologizing and then explaining the circumstances that led them to mistake a woman's burnt body for a mannequin before disposing of it in a dumpster at a police station. Oh, boy. Details of the mishandled remains emerged Thursday morning, nearly a week after the events took place, prompting the first responder services to address reporters Thursday afternoon in the townships of, uh, you know, whatever. Danny McConnell, the Sherbrooke police chief, said on July 23rd at around 10 a.m., firefighters received a call about a small brush fire near a factory on Cabana Street. McConnell said when they arrived, witnesses declared that someone had lit a silicone mannequin on fire. Uh, After discussions between the two departments, it was agreed that the mannequin would be disposed of in the container at the Sherbrooke Police Service, which cannot be accessed by members of the public. Four hours after firefighters did so, at 2.15 p.m., a man filed a missing report for his partner. Police then tracked the woman's cell phone signal to her car, which was parked on Cabana Street near the site of the fire. Yikes. A police officer who intervened earlier raised the coincidence insightfully, McConnell said. Police also uh, police retrieved the so-called mannequin from the container and were able to identify it as the body of the missing woman. We are obviously very sorry about all of this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, I get the idea that a body can be so badly burned that it's unrecognizable. That, you know, that's why you often talk, hear about the, the use of dental charts and things like that. It's just it, people who die in fires, depending on how intense the fire is and how close it is to the body— are not going to look like people when when the fire gets put out. But it's still got to have arms and legs, which it obviously did in order for somebody to think it's a mannequin. But you you at least, I don't know, man. It's, it's, well, well, I maybe, would think just well, when you pick it up, you're going to feel this is not a mannequin. So they interviewed this pathologist, uh, and he said, uh, so a 150-pound person would be about 60 pounds that completely burnt. If somebody is a burn victim and and most of the water is gone, there's nothing left but the results of the burn, it doesn't look like a normal person, and it doesn't feel like a normal person. Right. He didn't know the specific details or circumstances of this case, but he could imagine a scenario where if someone were to think about uh, were to think it were a mannequin initially, there's nothing to tip them off otherwise. Uh, okay. Well, so. I suppose then it's not as crazy as it sounds. But it sounds crazy. Well, what a hell well, of a way to go. Huh? And you don't know if arms and legs are attached to this thing. I mean, it's it's possible that they may not. Yeah. It's just, I mean. Well, I'm thinking they probably were, which is why they thought it was a mannequin. They 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 yeah, but there it was tors- a body, but not a human. But there body. are torso mannequins uh, too. I mean, it's not all full body mannequins. I know those are the weird ones. I know they're kind of weird. The torso one. Yeah. Yeah. No head, no arms, just torso. So you can you know, look at a shirt. You know, uh, I I was when I was in HCC, I had a job uh, delivering television sets to all the classrooms. Wow. How'd yeah. you get that sweet gig? Well, it's, uh, it was a great gig for a kid uh, who didn't really have uh, money, uh, a dime to his name, mm-hmm. and uh, needed to buy Genesee ice at the package store on the way home, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but it, so I, it was like a, like a night gig. You'd go there mm-hmm. in the afternoon, you'd deliver all the TVs and whatever. So uh, I go down into this one room uh, to deliver this uh, TV and VCR. That's how old uh, this story is. Sure. 
And I opened the door, and I nearly had a heart attack because it was all the mannequins in the nursing department that uh, were in the yeah. beds. Uh, and it was freaking me out, man. That's some creepy stuff. And then I uh, I told the guy who was running the AV department, I'm like, yeah, you didn't give me a warning about that? And he goes, no, we usually let people just uh, discover it for themselves. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Thanks Absolutely. A lot. That's cruel. Thanks a lot. And I bet you were there looking forward to the guy who replaced you going into that same room so that you could see somebody else getting taken. Yes, because that's the tradition. Exactly. You let it keep going yeah, on. Yeah, it goes on. It's going on to this day. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 655 and the doors on Rock 102. Uh, sunshine today, sunshine tomorrow, not a drop of rain in the forecast. It's going to be fantastic. Highs in the upper 70s. Yes, let's just hope it's true. All right, uh, let me ask you a very important question. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me as we welcome John O'Brien's America. Just by Googling celebrities with known mental health issues, the first thing that came up was a list of 39 celebrities who've opened up about their mental health, and those are just the ones willing to identify. Of course, we've been aware of Britney Spears for years, and now that the Olympics are here, we are reminded of Michael Phelps and, of course, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles. Like diabetes and some forms of cancer, mental health is an issue that for some people can be lifelong in one form or another. On the other hand, there are seemingly some people who respond very well to treatments, whether it be cognitive behavioral therapy, pharmaceuticals, or any number of other options. While on the other hand, some people may try method after method and seem to never have a moment they believe to be true happiness. I know of what I speak, as open as I have been of my health issues over the years, all I want to say is, I had my own mental health crisis last year, and I know first and foremost in recovery is family and friends. I had the help of both. In fact, I saw my friends step up in a way. I hope they never have to again, but they did, and I will be forever grateful. My family, too, was there when I needed them. But because of the pandemic, most people who receive treatment are not allowed the benefit of those friends and families in any indoor settings to support them. Imagine being on the other side of the world without your friends and family and trying to deal with mental health issues. I know many people are still stuck on that last paragraph where I said I had friends and you're saying, wait a minute, he has friends? Yeah, I do. Many people, athletes in particular, can sometimes be worried about the stigma they believe comes with telling anyone or asking anyone for help with mental health issues. I think ignorance is something we can add to that list of things we'll never completely escape, along with death and taxes. But thankfully, society seems to have become enlightened enough to begin to realize a mental health issue is a health issue. It's as important as cancer, diabetes, COVID, and all those other real or fake diseases. Unfortunately, there is still one group that doesn't always take it serious enough. That's the medical insurance industry. Hopefully, this issue will continue to get the kind of attention it deserves, and celebrities and athletes and even simple people like me can help to raise the awareness of something that can, will, and may have already hit someone you love. This has been John O'Brien's America, an America where I believe we really could be doing a better job helping people with mental health issues. Thank you. The views expressed in John O'Brien's America don't really respond well to treatment either. Thank you.
GaryRomeHundy.com, 150 Whiting Farms Road, Holyoke. See dealer for details. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, on a night where the Boston Red Sox get blown out by the Toronto Blue Jays 13-1, to where every Toronto starter scores at least one run except for one guy, you almost have to wonder what could be done to avoid public disasters like this in the future. With a trading deadline here, you might wonder, could the Red Sox get a guy like Max Scherzer of the Nationals? The answer to that question is no, because yesterday he was traded to the Dodgers for a truckload of prospects. The Red Sox, on the other hand, were on the other phone line with the Nationals, making an equally lopsided deal. You see, the Red Sox just landed Nationals all-star outfielder Kyle Schwarber in exchange for a currently injured pitching prospect. The Nats get a dented can, while the Red Sox get a guy who's jacked 25 home runs this season with 53 RBI. And while his batting uh, average is a tepid 253, he's only 28 years old, and so there's lots of potential for growth, provided he can sign. they can sign him before he becomes a free agent at the end of the season, although he does currently have an $11.5 million mutual option and a $3 million buyout for next year. Now, in all fairness, Kyle Schwarber is also on the injured list right now, with a hamstring issue, but he's expected to back uh, to be back by next week. But during the month of June, before he tweaked himself, he blasted 16 home runs and had a 1.12 on-base plus slugging percentage, and that's quite good. You see, folks, the Red Sox currently have the third rest, uh, best record in baseball. They lead the division by a game and a half. We don't really have time to be losing games to the Toronto Blue Jays by a score of 13 to 1. We need to add a little extra juice, and if adding an all-star power hitter with a tender hamstring is what we're going to have to do to take us back to the World Series, then the only thing and the only thing we have to give up is a 20-year-old injury-prone kid that's playing in Salem, then I would make that trade all day long. Oddly enough, nobody from the Red Sox organization bothered to ask me for my opinion. However, I'm pretty good with how this worked out, and now I shall sit here and patiently wait for the postseason to begin. But hey, and FMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Thinking about painting your house and wondering, hey, can I do this myself? Go see Tyler at the Liberty Street Rockies. Tyler loves helping people with their painting projects, and he's ready to help you. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 7-Eleven and John Mellencamp on Rock 102. Sunshine. Having a hard time pronouncing that, huh? Yeah, well, it's been so and just, long, and and saying it without uh, without including the rain. Uh, sunny today, a high in the upper seventies, and the same for tomorrow. But don't get your hopes up, kids, because Sunday it's supposed to rain. Oh. Uh, like a whole washout type of rain, uh, or just like a no, just threat enough, of rain, just enough to ruin the best part of the day. Late in the afternoon. You know, right around Sonny's band time and uh, and people's barbecues. It's it's. Uh, hey. Well, listen. Uh, at some point, all this rain will stop, and we'll be begging for rain. No, no, yeah, we no, won't. We will. In fact, I'm I'm almost finished with my arc. I got like to, I got to put a door on it. That's it. How many cubits? What's a cubit? I see what you did. Yeah, what about, yeah. uh, do you have green alligators and long neck geese? No, I hate, uh, I hate, I hate both of them. What about humpty back camels? 
all right, Stephen. Any chimpanzees? Okay, <laughs> both of So, uh, Steve, what did you do last night? Uh, last night, uh, well, actually yesterday afternoon into last night. Well, that uh, didn't sound like a contrived setup at all. No, not, it's not as though we know what we're talking about. <laughs> we have no idea what I'm going to yeah. You have no idea what I'm going to say. It's all spontaneous. Last night, I stopped at a Cumberland Farms, and I got myself a nice coffee. <laughs> yeah, see? Whoa, you just blew my mind. <laughs> uh, no, last night at the uh, the Rumble seat in Chickabee, they uh, they held a fundraiser for the Bo- Chickabee Boys and Girls Club, who are uh, you know restoring this basketball court in memory of uh, fallen uh, Chickabee officer uh, Angela Santi- Santiago. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal was five thousand dollars, and they had this celebrity. It wasn't quite bartending. It they they dubbed it celebrity bartending, but it was really. You know, people, uh, local politicians and stuff walking around. Mucky mucks. Mucky mucks uh, collecting money. So a shakedown. uh, Yeah, basically basically, it was a shakedown. Basically a shakedown. Right. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the rumble seat was packed. You know, almost to capacity, I would say. Well... Is the rumble seat not always packed at four in the morning? I mean, four in the afternoon. It is I don't often. Think, I don't think <laughs> if that's a that's the most busy time. I think yeah. usually they get busy later. Well, but they're even like their commercials point out, they have a morning. Sh- they're open in the morning for the third shifters at Bay State, yeah, which is a great idea. Yeah, because uh, when you get done uh, dealing with all these uh, people in Springfield. Uh, you know, and all their injuries. All the their first gunshot thing you need wounds. is a shot of Yukon Jack and an egg sandwich. <laughs> right. When when you've been dealing with shots right. all night, all you want is right. a shot in the morning. There's nothing wrong with eggs and kegs after a hard, long day of work. Uh, so, you know, they had different groups of, of folks. There was the, the... Is he still the police chief, Bill Yes, Jack? he is. He yes, is. he is. Okay. Yeah. But there was a guy that just retired, though, right? That, that who, was uh, Lonnie Dakin, who was yeah. the acting chief or the provisional acting chief. Uh, yeah, Chief Jeb is on on medical leave. Yeah, so. okay. So you had uh, you had Chief Jeb, you had uh, uh, Shane Brooks, uh, City Council President. I, then you have uh, Jeb, and you had the Fire Chief Dan Stamborski. Dan Stamborski yeah. and um, the Mayor uh, John View, and then of course there was a Shane Brooks, Julie, eh? Julie Coppolos from the Chamber of Commerce too. Shane Brooks was there. Yes. Hmm. Uh, have Why you is two that met? Surprising to you? I'd have some words with Shane. Oh, do you now? <laughs> I would. Well, listen, uh, the goal was $5,000. Yeah. At the end of the four hours that this event went on for, there was different every there was different people for different hours walking around with aprons right. and buckets. The total was over $18,000. Damn. Yeah. That's wow. a damn fine it haul. Was, it, it was a damn fine haul. And it was, uh, it was really, it, it just, I always appreciate those community events where people just come together Nobody's arguing about anything. They're all just there for the one purpose, and that mm. was to raise money, uh, you know, for for the hey, basketball yeah. court in memory of Officer Santiago. Whenever you do an event like this, a charitable event, you right. you don't always think about you know you know how high you can go. You know, like five thousand dollars when you start things off. Think, well, it'd be great if we can get just that much. Yeah. You don't think about exceeding your goal. It's kind of like the no. May, kind of like the Mayflower Marathon in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody expected us to make that kind of money. And we and and we did it. I'm not you know patting ourselves on the back, but I've seen you know other charitable fundraisers in this you know period of COVID where people you know want to find ways of helping other people, mm-hmm. and they're being very very generous doing it. The weird part about this is because I know uh, Shane Brooks is looking to run for re-election, and the last time he ran, he was giving people money. So I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> 
Oh, you're going to hear about that. <laughs> hey, my, my two jokes went over well, though. Yeah, which I ones? Said, uh, yeah, Bill Jeb is walking around with a bucket. He's not going to use that for motorcycle riding lessons. Oh! Wow. Whoa! Wow. Yeah. yeah! And then oh. the other one, which nobody really heard, was, uh, and if you want to donate online, Mike Wilk is handling all the uh, department's oh, Facebook no. page. Why, why did nobody really hear that? Because it was so loud. In there. It was just loud in there. There was lots of people having fun. Oh, yeah. They were there, uh, you know, for the memory of uh, Officer Santiago, which was, uh, you know, very, it was, it was bittersweet, you mm-hmm. know, because, uh, you know, she was such a well-respected uh, officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, you know, I met, I met her family, uh, v- uh, very nice people. Um, and it was just an all-around good time. Yeah, well, that sounds uh, sounds sounds much better than any work release I can remember. <laughs> well, you what know what? We, about, we've dude. had a couple of events a- at the Rumble seat where the crowd was jamming. I well, mean, you and the Halloween parties. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a good uh, a good example where it's uh, you know it's it's just crowded beyond compatibility. It's like not only just like the regular your know, bar area, but that mm-hmm. patio area in the back, which they. You know, they did a beautiful job renovating that a while back. Um, yeah, that place can get really cooking after a while. Uh, you got to remember, John, the work release program was a reverse charity. Yes, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, there, the needy actually showed up. Yeah, with, yeah, with Gladware containers <laughs> yeah. and open hands. No, can I have... We- could I have a plastic bar cup so I can put my chicken fingers inside of yeah. it? Oh, it's free food. I want a T-shirt. What else you got? Jeez, if I'd have known this was going to be here, I would have been here Thursday. Oh, I can't use those Red Sox tickets. Yeah. But, but even after the first- Because the PVTA doesn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> after the uh, the first hour of this event, they were already at $2,500. And I'm like, we got three hours to go. I was like, you're definitely going to reach that five grand. Uh, no problem. I had no idea that they were going to bring in that much money yeah. in a four-hour period. I thought that was uh, very well, impressive. So. I'm guessing, first of all, you got a lot of drinking cops and firefighters. Plus, you also had the the sheriff's department uh, representation there too. Okay, uh, who was who was out there in full force as well? See, Drink, and- drinking cops are are the are there non drinking cops and they are allowed to serve in the force? Well, well, it's ironic because Tuesday night, me, Bill Jeb, and Nick Kochi were out. And uh, wasn't him drop names, Steve. Yeah, yeah and uh, talking about this event, I, I, you know, I, I didn't go. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous again about being indoors with crowds. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure, but I would have liked to have come over there. Now imagine what would happen, Steve. Yeah, if you had mentioned this event yesterday morning on the show. Whew. You want to get like two or three more people in there, man? I don't know if they could have fit him. Sounds like you think with the fire chief there. He would have enforced the fire code if it were violated? Uh, I don't think. Well, the fire chief was there. Yeah, no, I uh, know that. Yeah, That's but, what I meant. Yeah, but he didn't. Uh, nobody enforced Nobody's it. counting. There was nobody. No. Listen. Uh, there were no laws. Well, especially with all the white claws being drunk there. There's no, ain't no laws with white claws. <laughs> but uh, I, I just wanted uh, it was it was a great event to be a part of, and uh, I'm glad everybody came out, and uh, thanks for, for donating money. That's awesome. Giddy yeah. up. Very good. It's uh, 720 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Questions are the key to make. To those who step up to work the sunrise shift, power through the double shifts, or conquer the overnighters, McDonald's wants to serve you a tasty breakfast at a great price. 
Pick two for $2. Choose between a sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or any size premium roast coffee. Or enjoy two sausage McMuffin with egg sandwiches for $4. McDonald's, no matter the shift, we're happy to serve you. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. The professional bull riders return. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder. For an all-new 2021 season. Maybe, just maybe, the impossible can happen. Join us for the PBR Springfield Invitational on this 13th and 14th at Mass Mutual Center. There is your proof! Get your tickets now at PBR.com and MassMutualCenter.com and find out what it means to be cowboy. On a patio, everyone's having a good time. You can't help it. The patio at Slancha has an outdoor bar. Maybe you start talking to the person next to you. Then people you sort of know spy you at the bar and insist you join them at their table. Next thing you know, you're doing your little trick with the olive and the beguiling woman in the sun hat is amused. Is she really ordering you a fresh martini? You ought to order something to eat. Shrimp cocktail. That's a good start. It's patio time in Holyoke at Slancha. It's uh, 7.24 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Well, the ignorant are going to be having a heyday with this one. Uh, Today show is reporting that a, a, a report was released or leaked, if you will, that um, the coronavirus may be as contagious as chickenpox, uh, even among the vaccinated. So, you know, uh, obviously the people who don't believe in this stuff are going to be are going to be saying, see, they're, they're, look at this. Now they're changing this again as they're changing mask rules. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Dr. John Torres said on, on NBC News, which is what makes sense. You know, we got a vaccine so fast, not because we didn't test it. All the testing was done, but the disease, the variants the COVID is still evolving. So things are going to change. What they are saying now is at the very least, the vaccine prevents you from getting sick. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from spreading COVID, but it keeps you from getting sick, having to be hospitalized, and most importantly, dying. You know, the problem that you have uh, with this, and, and it's, it's not like these people are dumb all the time but they don't have to deal with science every day Mm -hmm. scientists do i mean they look at a at a virus and they look at uh, immunology and they and they look at how viruses uh you know morph into different viruses and different variants i mean they see this stuff and we're all being exposed to this kind of science in, in real time and most of us myself included don't fully understand it so to say, well, you know, is it the masks? Is it the is it the uh, is it the the vaccines? Well, listen, you know, most of us are never going to understand this because we're not uh, we're not educated in this level of sophisticated science. You right. know, most of us maybe passed our biology exam in high school thirty years ago. Uh, m- maybe, maybe that's and I, that's why uh, I said maybe. C, you know. Is it is it D plus passing? Uh, it's barely uh, okay. Passing. Well, that's I would, what I had. I would pass you along because yeah. I wouldn't want to have to teach you that stuff a second time. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, most people are just not at the point where this makes any sense to them. So when they say, "Well, I'm not going to wear my mask anymore," and I'm certainly not going to get the shot, 
you're not paying attention to what the scientists are, are, are revealing to you. And the worst part, so NBC News last night, and they showed a little bit of it again this morning, interviewed four nurses. Now, these are people who seemingly know the science, uh, but these are four nurses who will not get the vaccine. And, uh, and, and one of them, the, the final one that they were talking to, she's like, uh, you know, uh, until I see the facts, I'm not taking it. And the reporter goes, but you've seen the facts. The facts are out. And she just kind of goes, are they? Ooh, and, that's and it's like, yes. Low, talk about intrigue. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. She's like Keith Morrison. Or, or did, did they? they? I know. Well, uh, listen, uh, if... If the scientists are saying, hey, we might want to uh, order some more masks, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to order me some more masks. Yeah, That's I, what I, I'm going to do. I don't know. I'm already, I'm already looking online for new designer masks already, because why not? I've got a, I still got a whole box full of them uh, that I never got rid of. Actually, I'm still I'm putting on things, pants and jackets every once in a while, putting my hands in the pockets. Oh, another another mask. I, I, I forgot had, I had. It. I you know I had that, that appointment yesterday at the, at the for my hand, and I thought, hey, do I need a mask to go in there? Mm-hmm. And there was like a box of masks at the front, uh, at the uh, in the front here at the radio station. I just grabbed one before I did, and thank God I did because the sign on the door said, you know, masks are still required to enter whether you've been vaccinated or not. It also said uh, everybody's welcome to come in, kneel down, and pray. No, that was a different building. Oh, different song, too. It's 728. News is next to Rock 102. And Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A juvenile was arraigned for murder of a staff member at the Department of Youth Services facility in Springfield Thursday morning. David Burgos was arraigned at Springfield District Court on Zoom with murder and assault charges for the deadly attack on 60-year-old James Hillman at the DYS facility on Tinkham Road. Burgos is 16 but is being tried as an adult. He pleaded not guilty and is being held without the right to bail in the custody of a secure facility at DYS. He's charged with murder, assault and battery on a person over 60 years old, assault and battery on a corrections officer, and uh, the Hamden County District Attorney's Office identified James Hillman as the victim of the assault on June 30th. Hillman was a staff member and an employee of, uh, for the C- CHD at DYS on Tinkham Road in Springfield, where he was allegedly attacked by Burgos, who was a resident. When his coworkers discovered him, they reportedly administered first aid while waiting for paramedics, Hillman died at Bay State Medical Center where he was receiving treatments for his injuries. The next hearing has been scheduled for September 24th. There was a, you were talking about this earlier, there was an extensive article by Stephanie Barry on uh, on Mass Live yeah. uh, this morning that uh, the call for help was quite some time before anybody discovered him what? Uh, injured. The- what do you mean? Because, I mean, according to Stephanie's report, so I think they all, all the employees have walkie-talkies on them. And according to Stephanie's report, the suspect was the one who notified the staff that someone was injured. After about five or six minutes. Oh, so okay. That was that was one of the things where he was unfortunately lying there right. and without any medical attention. Uh, right, well, this little scumbag was trying to come up with a plan, probably. Well, who's to say that he, he could have been saved either way, but you're right. talking about critical moments mm-hmm. when, when you're not getting medical treatment, uh, especially from other staff members or you know, waiting for EMTs to arrive. Right, so, so. when he, he notifies them and when they show up, you know, and somebody says, well, what happened? 
then the little dirt bag's like, well, he attacked me. It was self-defense. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, were you the winner of the Vax Millions drawing yesterday? No. Would I be here if I was? The $1 million winner is Daryl Washington of Weymouth. The winner of a $300,000 college scholarship is Daniela Maldonado of Chelsea. Governor Charlie Baker joined with Lieutenant Governor Cowan Polito, Treasurer Deb Goldberg, Secretary of Health and Human Services Mary Lou Sutters, and Mass Lottery Executive Director Michael Sweeney to announce the winners of the first round drawing for the Vax Millions giveaway at the State House. I believe it's pronounced Michael Sweeney. No, I, I think it's Michael Sweeney. I must have read it wrong. Yeah. Did you see uh, the governor with a band aid marks on his face? You get into a, a fist fight or something? Nah, nah, he went. He went to a dermatologist, and uh, apparently there was some kind of dermatological procedure that got done. You know, like me, he's another one of them pasty white Irish guys. I would have told so, people it was a fist fight. Uh, a hundred and ten watt bulb, and you get yourself a second degree burn. You might want to back away from the light. Yeah, well, especially if it's actually touching the skin. But yeah, the governor uh, had something done. Uh, I'm just banking on, uh, you know, for all the, the, the trouble I went through to get this vaccine, mm. that I should just be given a million dollars. Well, Stephen, uh, a lot of people either did as much, if not more, than you to get the vaccine. Why oh. should you get a million dollars? Oh, no. I sat and kept refreshing a website in order to get, you know how long that took me? An hour. Thousands of people spent hundreds of hours. Doing the same thing. Yeah, but we're not talking about uh, thousands of people. We're talking about me. My struggles that I went through in order. I had to sit there in front of my television on my smartphone. Mm -hmm. Kept hitting refresh and refresh until the thing opened up. Yeah, he he, he drives a hard argument right there. It's like, uh, you know, why why wouldn't he deserve it any more than anybody else? Uh, Oh, boy, could I start a list? (laughs) Do do I need to tell you how uh, how horrible this was? Uh, I'm suffering from PTSD now from yeah, not yeah. having the uh, the vaccine right, given yeah. to me right away. And PMS, I believe. Oh, yeah, lots of that too. Uh, Governor Charlie Baker said, "Congratulations to Daryl and Daniela on winning the first round drawing for the Vax Millions giveaway. Since we launched Vax Millions, over 2.3 million residents have signed up, and hundreds of thousands of residents have gotten vaccinated." building on Massachusetts' nation-leading success in protecting our residents. See, here's the thing, though. The more people are involved, the less chance you have of winning. So they should have had a drawing for only the people in that first wave, and then you can have another drawing for all the other people that signed up afterwards. you got a lot of problems with this program, huh? I have a lot of problems with the the way the state handles these things. Listen, I I think it's uh, it's fair and square because everybody opted in. Yeah, everybody was eligible. If you opted in, you were eligible. If you didn't uh, opt in, you weren't. I think it was uh, it was fair. And will be for the next four ones. The only the thing I don't understand they already have they already picked these winners. No, no. But they they're doing like one. It's uh, one a week. Yeah, one a week for yeah. five weeks. We've already explained this. Yeah, but when did these people find out? Like- they find out Thursday after the nine. The names are drawn on Monday, and for whatever reason, probably vetting. It takes them till Thursday. I don't know when they find out, but it's not announced until Thursday. That's yeah. what I was. Getting yeah, at, they they might know they might notify them within a day or two. Now, the, the, the only thing I don't like about this, 
is the fact that your name would have to be public. If I won a million dollars, the last mm. people I would want to know about it would be you two. Well, uh, that's the problem with this state. Anybody who wins a lottery has to have their name yeah. released unless you create a trust. Well, I don't like that. Well, then create a trust. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. You know. By the way, I can throw him. Uh, Chief Jeb just texted me to ask me if I heard that you uh, you hosted this thing last night, Steve. <laughs> oh, really? He, yeah. He didn't know we were talking well, about it? No, apparently yeah. when you're semi-retired, you sleep later. <laughs> well, good thing he's up at the crack of dawn yeah. making sure that police department's running. <laughs> well, well, he's, again, he's, he's too busy fighting crime. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I wanted to mention, uh, though, because he came in because uh, they were doing like this little contest between, you know, him and the mayor, like who could collect the most money mm-hmm. in that particular hour that they were in. Yep. And then uh, once he found out that uh, John View was in first place. Yeah. He went up to the folks at the Boys and Girls Club and made a donation to put him over the top in order to. Uh, you know, get, to be first place with his own money. With his own money. Ah, okay. I mean, yeah, granted, yeah. it was his own money. Well, it was the, some of the money he was skimming from the people who were <laughs> giving donations. Oh, great! You are going to hear about that one. <laughs> I just, I was like, what a sore loser. No, he's not a sore loser. He's a he's, he's just being a, competitive. He, yeah, he's a competitive guy. Now, don't get me wrong. All the money went to a great cause, a mm-hmm. memory of a great person. But uh, the idea that you can't let somebody else be better than you in a charitable event well, that you need to... Yeah, but you see, in a public charitable event, the competition is kind of the whole deal. Yeah. That's... You want to be the one who comes out on top. Yes. No. And, and and that's why some people at these events will donate more than once in a night. <laughs> because they don't want to be... Because uh, they want to be like the top dude. Well, yeah, I mean, many people did that, and that's how they raised all that money. But uh, still, I'm it, guessing. It, I'm like, guessing Shane Brooks came in last. He did, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like when he we was did... he was beat by AJ Crane of A Crane Construction. <laughs> oh my and, god! And uh, Valerie uh, Bell from Spectrum News. And a golden retriever named Rusty. Yes. <laughs> He lost. He is a loser. (laughs) Uh, Federal and state bans on evictions are expiring Saturday after being in place since last September. This is going to affect hundreds of people in western Massachusetts, but there are services that can help those in jeopardy of losing their homes. Right now, roughly 3.6 million people nationally are in jeopardy of losing their homes when a federal ban on evictions expires this Saturday, the 31st. City officials uh, said that the hundreds of those pe- hundreds of those people uh, that live in Springfield and adding to renters' frustration, a state ban on evictions also expires on Saturday. But you can hold off the eviction process by submitting an application for renters' assistance. There are a number of nonprofit organizations throughout the state that help renters find and keep housing. You know, it, look, it's a good idea, and uh, it became more necessary during the virus because people were out of work. Or had to cut back their hours because of childcare needs and things like that. But like every other time that something like this happens, there is also a large group of people who are looking to take advantage of the system. And I've heard a lot of stories of people who just decided to stop paying their rent just because they didn't want to. And the landlords 
can't evict them. And and you've got people now that are, you know, three, five, eight months in arrears, and there's nothing that the uh, the landlord can do. And the landlord is obviously paying a mortgage on the building. So yeah, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough situation for some people. There's always someone out there who's willing to take advantage of anything. Sure. But you know, at at and at some point you're gonna have to lift this ban and mm-hmm. and people are gonna have to start being accountable for themselves, but you're you're still not over this this uh, this crisis. No. So I mean, I I kind of see it from both angles. Yeah. But you're right. There's always going to be somebody that's going to you know take advantage of the opportunity to not have to pay their rent and stick it to uh, the their landlord. Yep. But on the other hand, uh, try finding uh, you know, an apartment these days because I mean they're looking they're. Even if you are looking, even if there are apartments available, you know, landlords are so worried about you not being able to pay. They're looking for people who have high credit ratings. They're looking for people that, you know, show a certain level of income in ways they would never have done prior to the pandemic because they're trying to protect, you know, their investment. And you, you kind of have to understand that. Mm-hmm. It's hard times. So apparently both the, uh, the mayor and the city council president we're listening uh, a couple of minutes ago, mm. and uh, <laughs> responded by text to me. Can can you read it or? No? Uh, well, yes. Uh, Shane claims Rusty cheated. Rusty, <laughs> the, the the golden <laughs> retriever who made more money than him. And uh, no, the other one I won't. Okay. Well, you tell me later. Yeah. The uh, pandemic has caused a lot of shortages due to disruptions in labor, resources, and logistics. But this might be the most random one yet. Washington State is dealing with a shortage of license plates, so licensing agents are tempor- issuing temporary tags instead. Those paper license plates will only good- be good for about 60 days, and then they'll have to be renewed. The Department of Licensing has not said when the license plate supply chain will be restored, but they've increased staffing and outsourced production to another state in the hopes of getting things back on track. I thought they were made at the jails. No, that's that's kind of an old uh, wives' tale. Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look at me! Look at me! But I never, um, I never really thought about that. The, uh, yeah, the I don't really think they're actually made in the prisons. Well, again, they're too busy folding laundry. Yeah, with the uh, the staffing shortages nationwide, uh, it's surprising. There's a lot of things that you can or cannot get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hey, that drug running kid from Vermont. Remember a couple of weeks ago, he had the he had the paper plate. He had, he had fashioned a, a license plate made out of paper that was on his car. Yep. Yeah. He could he could go out there and help out. Yeah, he could be. Hey, you know what? <laughs> we need a few good men like you. Yeah, yeah. Come on out to Washington State, and you can make all of these you want. Well, after your sentence. Well, yeah, but yeah. still. <laughs> but I remember when I was in, uh, was in Vegas uh, last month, we went to a, a White Castle. Because I really wanted those little birds. They can't, yeah. can't blame so, yeah. Good. So the White Castle was seemingly open, but it wasn't open to walk into because they didn't have enough staff hmm. to to run the place. Hmm. So then I said, "Well, let's walk over to the Dunkin' Donuts and at least get something to eat, or you know, some hmm. kind of snack." Well, why didn't you just drive through the? Uh... Well, we were we we were on vacation, so we didn't have. Oh, you didn't have a car. A car. Okay. We were just taking like an Uber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Dunkin' Donuts was closed too. It was because there's such a staff shortage. Uh, everybody's coming back, 
yep. for tourism at, at the same time. Well, how many people does it take to make one of those little square burgers less than an eighth of an inch thick and, and spread those little uh, onion pieces with a spoon? Oh, then you got to have somebody else to make the fries and then somebody to run the register and then probably somebody with a mop or something like that. You know, I there's a, did I tell you that there's a and I I've never seen this before. I don't know where another one is. There's a Dunkin' Donuts in Enfield that doesn't have an inside. It's it's, it's strictly purely, drive-through. Yeah. I'm trying to think where I've uh, uh, not not in Enfield. I've heard that before. I never they, saw that. Yeah. They just built one in Westfield. Really? A drive-through only Dunkin'. Yes. Donuts. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it's pretty wild. Well, it's probably, it cuts down on cost. You yeah. probably don't have to staff as many people nope. uh, to handle people at the counter versus handing, uh, handling people at yeah. the window. You I don't mean, have those crazy people who hang out in a Dunkin' Donuts at 2 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Well, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but you know, I, uh, most of my purchases at a Dunkin' are always through the drive-thru. Yeah. I rarely, I, I rarely go in. I mean, sometimes I will. But I'll go in. Sometimes, you know, looking at the length of the line, I might say, you know, I'm going to get in and out of there faster if I go inside. I'll go inside if I've got a particularly large order. Mm. Yeah, when I do the, uh, the, you know, bookings for the DJ business, yep. I usually meet people in like a Dunkin' Donuts like lobby area at two in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Well, well, maybe six at, at in the evening. Okay, on that's a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you, John. There's something weird about somebody sitting in there with a laptop. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I with a laptop, it's okay. I mean, no, that's no, that's exactly what I associate Starbucks. But with. But if you're sitting there for hours on end with a laptop in a in a Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, like, what are you, working on a manuscript there? Well, some like, people, you... I mean, some people are. Some people are just going there to be sociable. Could also be looking at porn. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with donut porn. But I'm talking about the tables of three or four, you know, of of, of people who are just sitting there for hours kibitzing. It's like... Yeah, but that, why, why is that any different? Why does that have to be different than a Starbucks? I mean, they, they both provide free Wi-Fi. They both, you know, have a place to sit down. Why not use it as that? And because they don't want you sitting there for that long. They want turnover. They want churn. They, they still, need new customers still, coming in. They still get that, but they get that to the drive-thru. You been to, a, like, a Panera lately? Same, mm, same no. kind of thing. People are there on their laptops and on their phones and conducting business and Yeah, the meetings. laptops, the phones, and the business are fine. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking, and I'm talking probably even before Starbucks became the very popular wireless internet place to hang out at. I mean, I'm talking about like years ago. That's when I used to see those people in the Dunkin' Donuts two in the afternoon on Tuesday and think to myself, what's, what's wrong with you? You know, for some people, you know, especially, and they're, I'm going to assume that the people you're talking about are typically older people. Uh, sometimes. A lot of people, once they hit retirement age, like to have a thing that they do every day and and, and some sort of schedule. And it's like, well, every day at two o'clock, I go and get my afternoon coffee because that's when I need it. And they go. Most of those people are there in the morning, though. The elderly people. Those are the ones that show up at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. Because they've been up since three. True, but they'll go in the afternoon to have their uh, a cup of senka. Uh, I've always found the uh, the people uh, when I used to work overnights in in West Springfield years ago, I'd go to the gas station on the corner of Memorial Avenue and I think it's Elm Street in West Springfield. Uh, there was always like these three dudes hanging out there, mm-hmm. like hanging out yeah. all night long. This is oh, what yeah. I'm it's talking like, about. I'm like, what? You're not buying anything. 
Right. You have a uh, you have a the one guy had used to have this big 7-Eleven big gulp cup even though it was not a 7-Eleven that he was standing outside of and it was this big giant like cooler mug. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And he was probably going in and, you know, I'm taking advantage of the free fountain soda here. With my bucket. With my bucket of Coke. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, like, you kind of wondered yourself, what do you do all This is it. This is it. This is what I do. the day. This is all I do. And then there was another guy that used to drive around in in a car with stickers all over it, like just random stickers. And on the back windshield, he had letters. You know those letters you put on your mailbox, mm-hmm. right? It says, uh, "It says looking to have coffee with a nice lady." <laughs> on the side of the car, on the back windshield of the car, or, the, or whatever the back window of the car. It was just like, yeah. I wonder how much uh, much tail you're picking up in this well, uh, little it, Chevy Malibu. It's all right. about marketing. If it ta- if one woman falls to that, then that will have been successful. Yeah, I don't know. About well, that. Like, what is it, the, the four out of five or? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, actually, I'm, one out of a million. That's probably more like one out of a million. Where'd you Where'd you two meet? Oh, well, I just I saw him he with the- dry. He was driving by one afternoon, yeah. and I saw the message on the back of his car. And, and, he, and he pulled over, and I went to see him. I for, saw him from the window of the Dunkin' Donuts. The, well, he was across the street at the Dunkin' Donuts in another location, looking at me from their window. And uh, my nose caught the effervescent smell of marijuana and body odor coming from <laughs> emitting from a Chevy Malibu, and I see, ooh, coffee with a nice lady. That's me. <laughs> It's the man of my dreams. And here he is. And we've been together ever since. Yeah. Where was your first date? Well, Outside of the gas station at 3 uh, o'clock in the morning. Well, why isn't he taking the letters off the back of his car? <laughs> He's got a girl now. You're a Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Going to be mostly sunny for today. Could see a chance of some showers later in uh, the afternoon and a highest. What? Wait. What? That changed. That changed from an hour ago. Oh, for Christ's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 76. It is 66 right now in downtown Springfield. Have you tried other nitro cold brew coffees? Well, I have. And the best one is Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee because Fogbuster is air roasted and never bitter. It's velvety smooth. Look for the black and white can now at every Big Y Express. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. For a brief period of time, mm-hmm. but the weekend goes on uh, regardless. But the uh, the Trailer Trash concert last night was canceled early in the afternoon because there was, you know, that, that was not expected to just be 10 minutes. They knew that was going to be around for a while, that rain. So the the show was canceled. So, you know, we talked about this yesterday, and and I'm still amazed by this. Simone Biles says that she has the twisties. Um, The twisties is that she, there are times when she isn't sure whether she's looking at the ceiling or the floor. And... I just, again, when you watch what they do either on the vault or on the uneven parallel bars, or even on the floor routines, um, it is so fast. Uh, a, a thing like that is so fast. I mean, sure, the whole floor routine may be 90 seconds long, right. but, but that one move is so fast. It amazes me that someone is, is focused in enough to know 
like she knows the movement that she is making based on the position that she's in. Right. And to know what position she's in, you have to know whether you're looking at the floor or the ceiling. And if you're getting those confused, then you're not going to land right and you're probably going to get hurt. It's funny, though, because we're talking about, uh, you know, commentating on the Olympics when it comes to these kinds of events. Yeah. And it's funny when, uh, like, the, <laughs> the commentator will say, oh, they missed that quadruple uh, <laughs> axle, and, uh, oh, that's going to cost them points. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Where? When? Where? Let's, Where? Let's, let's say they do, like, a double, and they yeah. and they, and they still stick the landing. It's yeah. like, you're going to dock them for points for something yeah. that I could never do in a million years? Of course. You're not expected to be able to do I'd it. I'd be standing at my feet applauding them. And, by the way, you know, uh, to say things like, uh, if they land wrong, they can get hurt. Um, NBC News did do a story last night. So BMX bicycling is also an Olympic sport, and there was this couple that they were that they were interviewing. See, I read it as BM bicycling. And uh, yeah. I thought it was too gross to put yeah, on TV. Yeah, it's also very the seats have to be changed constantly. Um, they met because they were BMX bicyclers. She's an American. He's from Australia, and um, and, and he had a crash at one time and was paralyzed from the neck down. Um, he recovered to the point of being paralyzed only from the waist down. And you could tell just seeing him sitting there next to her in their kitchen, he's got arms, you know, like the size of my, of my waist. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and it happened yesterday. I think they said a BMX bicyclist fell he was taken off in a in a stretcher on a stretcher rather, but you don't but you don't see those kinds of injuries at the gymnastics competition. It's just it amazes me the way those women and the guys do the same stuff too. Well, a few years ago, didn't Carrie Strug break her mm-hmm. her leg mm-hmm. and still competed? I mean, you know, yeah, it, it's not the Which same kind of industry. In- uh, injury, but it's still you know very painful. It makes it hard to compete. Yeah, which is why you have uh, some idiots. The deputy, te- the Texas deputy attorney general, put out a tweet yesterday, basically calling Simone Biles, <clears throat> you know, uh, a quitter because Carrie Strug was able to go ahead and do her routine. He later deleted the tweet. You know, I, I've in the last twenty four hours, I can't tell you how many of those kinds of posts I've seen yeah. on yeah. on Facebook and Twitter of people saying. You know she's a crybaby, and uh, you know you know she's, you know she's disappointing your team, and it's like, man, you just, you don't get it. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. yes, it, it, I'm sure it is disappointing for their team, but they all still won a silver medal, which is pretty doggone good. And frankly, like you said earlier, I mean, it, you, a mental health issue is still a health issue, mm-hmm. and and to, and to deny the severity of that. Is incredibly ignorant and 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 diminishes the importance of of what she did. I think it's the most courageous thing she yeah, could have done. Absolutely, certainly more courageous than than winning a gold medal is, is to say, you know what, I need to take care of myself first. That's more important than winning another gold medal. And how would you feel if she was the one taken off in a stretcher because of her disorientation caused by her mental issues that she's trying to deal with? You know, that's why I don't have anything to do with social media. So talking again uh, about these sports 
And, and, I, and I realized this would be something that was done back in ancient Rome at the first Olympics. But they were just showing uh, some video earlier of uh, the shot put. And it's just it's just such an odd competition. I mean, to me, it's just weird. It's like you you, you got this ball, yep. and, I, and I don't know how much the thing weighs, and I don't know if there are different weights of it. And uh, you're, you're holding it against the side of your neck like uh, some kind of a goiter. And then, uh, are you looking at my yeah, goiter? I know. And then, uh, and then you're doing some kind of spinning, which I'm sure is in a prescribed fashion. And then, you know, pushing that thing out. And my guess is, you must be able to get the best propul- uh, pr- uh, propulsion out of that position and that twist. To be able to throw that thing, it's a uh, it's a sixteen pound ball. All of them for men. It's a, okay. It's a eight. It, it's a, a just under nine pounds for okay for women. I think if you were going to throw it in any other way, you'd probably tear your arm up. Yeah. So, so to push uh, is really the only way to to throw it with any you know, w- without hurting yourself. Yeah, but, I guess. Yeah. And then the, and the spin is the spin prescribed of exactly how many times you spin or. Are you allowed to just? Well, well I mean, the, there's the, a the, thing. The sp- you're, uh, you're talking about like the the hammer throw? No, no, I'm talking about the spin that the disc that the shot put player spins in before he throws the ball. Yeah, that, he's, I mean, he's building I, up uh, propulsion, like momentum. But I, I, momentum. I, I don't, I don't know what the uh, the rules are. You know, frankly, track and field was not really my deal. And then there's, you know, then there's a a small barricade that comes up from the ground that you're not allowed to step over, obviously. And frankly, if it, you did it looks like you'd break your ankle because the thing is probably three or four inches up out of the ground it's to hold your foot in place so that you don't move forward but what a what a weird sport yeah it's it's a weird sport to look at but yet when you see someone who's got that kind of power that can toss a shot put you know god knows how many feet or how many meters they uh this, I mean, kid, it, this kid threw it 76 feet i mean think about that it's yeah. a 16 pound ball yeah. if you're throwing that you know that distance imagine getting stuck in a, in a snowball fight with that guy i'm not even sure i can lift a 16 pound shot put without yeah. you know breaking a finger or, or you know snapping an elbow again it's just it's one of those things where I, I can't imagine a kid saying to his parents i want to be in the olympics someday oh yeah oh you're going to be the world's fastest man the greatest sprinter the uh the hurdler uh, no no uh, shot put shot yeah, put I, I got a niece who um is involved in fencing. Ah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 yeah, uh, vinyl yeah. or metal. No, it's not uh, not fencing like you would put up uh, like around your property. It's oh, like, uh, oh, oh, oh! I thought you, you know, mentioned with, built with fences. sword fighting. Yeah, you know, but yeah, 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 obviously you're not gonna get you know impaled by <laughs> a fencing foil. But she's into it, and it's like uh, you know, yeah. What what would it take for someone to be at an Olympic level in fencing? Uh, I don't. I have no. What's the level uh, below Olympic <laughs> every, in fencing? There's the Olympians <laughs> yeah, and everybody yeah. else. All the amateurs. That's it. Who are just going to fencing school? The ones who keep getting tagged with the foil. Oh, mom, I, dad, I got fencing practice. So somebody, uh, uh, O'Brien's an idiot. Somebody must text this to Steve. The first Olympics would have been in Athens, not Rome. Oh.
Sorry. Well, they are, they are right about that. What, would it be right next to the Vatican? It's uh, 823 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. In a comfortable home. Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. You know, if you miss any part of the Bax and O'Brien show, you can always check out the Bax and O'Brien Daily Podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also on BaxandOBrien.com. And it's all brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group. And Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest has been Colin Molding from XTC. And on Monday... I'll be talking to Frank Hannon from Tesla. So make sure you check that out on BaxnoBrian.com. You know, uh, one of the things uh, we talked about before and I mentioned again in America is uh, how difficult it must be for these kids in the Olympics to not be able to have their parents, their family, their uh, spouses, their support centers with them over in Tokyo. One of the things they did point out yesterday on the Today Show was, yes, that does suck, but one of the things that is made almost better than it had been previously is the ability for the athlete to speak to their family much faster after a competition because they have screens and and whatever it is facetime or zoom or whatever it is Mm. that the the competitor the the athlete can speak to their family right after they're done they showed it uh, yesterday with uh caleb uh, dressel's family they're showing it here with uh, Suni Lee. They're able to at least talk to their family a lot sooner than they would have been if the family were there in Rome or Athens or wherever the first one was. Well, I mean, it's God. Why? What's the problem? Yeah, I told it- you. The guy who says that O'Brien's an idiot. The first one would have been in Athens, not Rome. Well, it originated in Greece. I know that, and well, I made apparently a mistake. you didn't know that. Well, I I thought Rome was in Greece. So why is that guy being a jerk well, for because, correcting you? Because I because I didn't know. That's why I said I, I was it next to the Vatican. Well, no, it was next to the Vatican. It was in Greece. The Vatican's not in Greece. The Olympics were in Greece. Well, where's the Vatican? By Rome. Where's Rome? By the Vatican. Well, what country? It's its own country. It's, a, it's it's its own Italy. It's its own sovereign, not nation. Vatican City. I'm asking about Rome. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, everybody knows that Rome is on Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, that big giant place <laughs> they got out there, and they got the little dog there telling you where oh, to go. Hey. Look, at, look who's taking the high road. Yeah, well, all roads lead there. <laughs> so do. what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's uh, 828. News is next to Rock 102. Hey, back. 8.32 with Baxton O'Brien and Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Breaking news directly out of Plainfield, Massachusetts, where something tragic has happened. And let's go over to our Hampshire County correspondent, Buster Hyman. Buster! <laughs> well, Lex, a roadway in the western Hampshire County uh, shut down this morning due to flooding caused by a broken beaver dam. Plainfield Highway Superintendent Walter Jennings, no relation to Whalen. <laughs> the West Hill Road in Plainfield is currently shut down. Jennings said a nearby beaver dam broke during heavy rains Thursday night, causing the road to flood. A smashed beaver dam, wet beaver dam all over the road. <laughs> Please avoid the area. Back to you, Lix. This has been Lix Lots of Box with your Rock 102 news update. <laughs> and you said we're idiots. Hey, man, I'm just having fun. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, that's so we. I know my geography so, a little bit oh. better than you do. Oh. <laughs> 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 
magician Penn Gillette is urging people to support a fundraising effort by the agricultural fair in his Massachusetts hometown. He credits with ins- inspiring his show business career. Yeah, because you wanted to get the hell out of Greenfield. That's right. Gillette saw his first fire eater and his first freak show at the Franklin County Fair, and that was just the patrons. Those people were the performers. <laughs> you could see a freak show in Greenfield every day. And spent some of the, quote, happiest times of my life there. He said in a nearly four-minute video posted to the fair's Facebook page on Wednesday, he even participated in the demolition derby one year. I can trace my whole career back to Greenfield, Massachusetts, and the Franklin County Fair. The talking half of the Penn and Teller comedy magician team uh, says in the video, the fair run by the Franklin County Agricultural Society is still trying to raise about $90,000 towards its $260,000 goal so it can fix erosion damage at the fairgrounds and make other improvements. Good luck with all that. Fair President Michael Nelson uh, told Mass Live that he emailed Gillette's representative asking for help and got a response from Gillette himself about an hour later. Yeah, I, I saw that the other day. That's actually pretty cool. You know what, Steve? Since you now have all this experience making three times a financial goal, maybe you should go up to Greenfield and uh, start raising money for those people. Oh, he only emceed an event that did that. Yeah, don't diminish uh, Steve's importance. Oh, yeah, I mean, the people are donating. I'll turn him into the hero of Cumberland Farms again. Well, you know, which was deserved. Mm. Fundraising efforts are uh, a collaboration of everybody in the community. That's right. I just happen to be the guy that's Uh, okay talking on the microphone. To get people to donate. Listen to That's this. That's all you do. That's Listen to that I false do. modesty, Steve. Take credit where credit is due. They wouldn't have made jack squat if you were not if you weren't there last night at the rumble seat. Of course they would have. They had Shane Brooks. Oh, I mean, my my point exactly. Man. Well, if it was just Shane, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that boys and girls club would have had to close. <laughs> yeah. Or at least get rid of the boys or the girls. Well, yeah. What? One of you people are going to have to go. How much did you bring in, Shane? Fives of dollars. Wow. Uh, Lucky you. I can see monkey bars being built. I still like the fact that he came in last. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Well, somebody had to. Uh Uh-huh. Let's see. uh, Oh, yeah. This is a sad story. You ready? Mm-hmm. A family dog was killed in a house fire on South Atlantic uh, Street in Pittsfield yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon. The Pittsfield Fire Department said no civilians or firefighters were injured. Police officers were at a neighboring house when they noticed the heavy fire on Atlantic Street just after 12.30 p.m. Fire crews arrived shortly and found the structure, a two-and-a-half-story wooded frame home, in flames, the heaviest coming from the first-floor kitchen area, which extended to other rooms. The fire has since been extinguished, of course, and it's caused up to $50,000 in damage. The local uh, Red Cross are assisting the family. So I'm watching, I I don't remember what channel I recorded this on. It was either Nat Geo or, yeah, no, I think it was Nat Geo. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, actually, now that I think about it, I taped it. Probably four or five episodes of, I can't remember the full name of the show, but it's about uh, a dog trainer. This is a guy who who takes troubled dogs and uh, and trains them, and it's just it's fascinating to watch. These dogs are like uh, like drug problems or no, history of arrests. No, no, they just got bad attitudes. Um, they many of them have bitten people. Uh, the one I saw last night actually killed another dog. Um, and you know he's one of these guys. In the opening of the show, he says there aren't, there's no such thing as a bad dog. I just don't believe in bad dogs. And he, it's amazing to watch. I mean, there was this one woman 
her husband died like just a couple of months ago, and the dog has become ridiculously defensive of her in the house, outside the house, on walks. And, and the guy points out by watching the woman's behavior that they, in fact, have this codependent relationship. And she's feeding into the dog's anger, and the dog is getting worse because of it. And he, you know, he takes the dog away for a, for a week. I mean, just just when he grabs the, they put a muzzle on the dog, mm-hmm. and just when he grabs the leash, I mean, you can see this dog is going crazy, wanting to bite the guy. And then when the guy takes the dog away, and the woman's out of sight, the dog is a much calmer, and and he keeps it for like a week, and he has a whole bunch of other dogs at his place with all different kinds of temperaments and personalities that he can bring in and introduce all of them on leashes, many of them with muzzles. And, and it's just, it's really cool to watch these bad dogs break down to the point where he can, it's almost like what you hear about recruits in the military. You break them down so you can rebuild them. But in a situation like that, the owner needs more training than the dog. Yeah, and he did, and he did train her after he was done with the dog. Uh, but it's it's just it's really wild to watch the way dogs communicate with each other. Things we don't even pay attention to that that I wouldn't have even noticed. And he's pointing out, you know, when the dog does this or when he does that, or you know, the sniffing thing and uh, and all that. It, it's just it's a fascinating show to watch. And so far. Well, I'm, I'm guessing he's not going to show any failures, but so far, every one of these dogs has been a success. What is a dog trying to say when it drinks out of toilet just minutes after I've used it? It's thirsty. Duh. No, it's, uh, I, I miss your scent. Yeah, no, but I'm talking it, about like, like... No, it's, ooh, water. Yeah, But he's not just thirsty after I use the toilet. That's what I'm saying. It's like, once I'm done with the toilet, he's like... Now's the time to go in. Ma- Maggie has a bowl of water always available to her, all times. And yet, when I let her out, I have this small little table uh, mm. that's about a foot and a half off the ground, and it fills with water every time it rains. She can't walk by it without drinking water out of the table. She might have just walked away from her bowl a moment ago, but she's got to drink. All- I don't know why dogs do half the things they do. I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, I would never drink out of the toilet. But the ones who are the ones who are mean, the ones who are dangerous, it's it's kind of it's kind of and it was there was this one couple that got married and the dog was hers before the marriage and does not like him and uh, it has bitten him more than once and it's still there. I mean, you know, is, the, is the boyfriend still there? Yeah. And, and it, it, they describe it as, you know, once or twice where he was bitten, where it punctured the skin. Now, I mean, obviously what I experienced was uh, an attack, not a bite. And there's no way I was ever going back into that house or anywhere near that dog. Mm. I don't know how, you know, and it's putting a strain on their marriage. Really? Because she won't get rid of the dog? Gee, why would that bother the marriage? I, mean, I don't know. I, uh, I'm surprised it got to the point of marriage. Yeah. You have a dog that doesn't like the guy. I know. It's it's weird. She was hot. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was hot. Would you kiss my mouth? She was hot. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You never, 
What was the Rolling Stone song? She she was hot. You never heard that? Yeah, but what was that middle line in the when she kissed what? When she kissed my mouth, she was hot. <laughs> she knew a way around. She was hot. <laughs> that is that's a that see, that's one of the great songs from the Rolling Stones that we don't even play yeah, I know. on this radio yeah, station. Yeah, I agree. No, never will. Uh, a historic home in downtown Amherst was moved down multiple streets during the overnight hours to a new permanent location. The move began at 8 Wednesday night and continued through the overnight hours, and power had to be cut to surrounding homes. Yada, yada, yada. They moved this house, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't say why it's historical. Because it's very old. But there's got to be some sort of significance to it, and you think that would be part of the story to say... Well, this is where uh, Lizzie Borden uh, learned how to use an axe well, before moving yeah. to it, New Bedford. It, it, sometimes the historical uh, significance of a place isn't really all. I mean, like what's the yeah, building downtown yeah. in Springfield? You know, President James Knox Polk once slept there. That's, I mean, that's yeah. like, no, uh, I think he had a reservation that he didn't show up for. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. It was something, you know, completely innocuous that you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, he's, I mean, like, it's, it's not like Washington slept there or, you know, you know Abe Lincoln you, you know, went to the bathroom. Nothing nothing like that. There was this, uh, there was this uh, place in uh, Skinny Atlas, New York. It's one of the, one of the finger legs, big, huge finger lick, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a restaurant that was nearby there called The Krebs. And The Krebs uh, was, you know, had been historically known, or at least everybody thought, Oh, all the U.S. presidents have uh, have stayed there in this inn, you know. All of them. Well, yeah, up, you know, starting from uh, I don't know, whatever. Kennedy to Nixon. No, like from the 1800s on, you know, when this place was built, right? Mm. And then you come to find out that that was just made up story. Of course, it was. And only one president ever stopped there, and I believe it was Harry Truman mm-hmm. that stopped there. To have dinner, and nobody ever stayed there, but that tale mm-hmm. stuck for years, yeah. and everybody believed it, right? Until somebody finally came along and said, "That's not what happened." And and who's going to believe that? It's it's like uh, the people who for uh, months now have believed that a, an election was stolen. I mean, they will believe that until their dying day. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, did you know that, uh, Rick Astley has reached over 1 billion views on YouTube for his Never Gonna Give You Up song? It's pretty remarkable. It is very remarkable, considering the song is, uh, what, 30 years old now, at least? Well, yeah, but I mean, the older it is, the less remarkable it seems Uh that it would have that many views. Yeah, but there's not a lot of people who, uh, get that many views on YouTube. And for him to be, you know, at the top, I think that is one of well, his greatest musical accomplishments that he's ever had. But how many people have had videos on YouTube for 30 years? He, well, the video well, YouTube has only hasn't, been... Hasn't been on for 30 years. No, but right? the song's been 30 years. Oh. I mean, if, if, if I'm reading this right, that video has been up since 2009. Uploaded almost 12 years ago, surpassed the 1 billion lifetime views on YouTube on Wednesday. The video has benefited from one of the earliest YouTube memes, Rick Rolling, a prank in which someone shares a link promising one thing, but which, in fact, launches the red-headed Brits dance pop iconic music video. The indestructible Rick Rolling meme has generated untold millions of views for Ashley's video, 
On April Fool's Day 2021 alone, it topped 2.3 million views, according to YouTube. And I'll tell you what. I mean, there's nothing I hate more than when you're expecting something to happen and all of a sudden you've been rickrolled. I mean, I won't, I won't even put up with it. Uh, Never Gonna Give You Up is the only the fourth music video from the 1980s to join YouTube's Billion Views Club behind Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine, AHA's Take On Me, and Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Uh, the 55-year-old Astley celebrated the milestone in a tweet saying in a video, so I've just been told that Never Gonna Give You Up is streamed a billion times on YouTube. That is mind-blowing. The world is a wonderful and beautiful place, and I am very lucky. So I'm, I'm sorry, did you just say that he's behind... Uh, the Guns N' Roses, Michael Jackson, and what was that third one? No, he's just part of the group of songs that have surpassed one billion views. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, those are just videos that people like the song of. The Rickroll thing, when it became a verb, that then I can understand why more people watched it. Right, but people, like, for example, uh, the AHA video, that's been used in a million different memes. Oh, uh, and okay. So it, right. that's that's right. Aha uh-huh was the third one. Exactly, yeah. and that's understandable too, right? Because of that fantastic uh, animation. I can't stand never going to give you up. We should play Aha. Uh-huh, take on me though. Should. All right, I, I actually have that one queued up. You All ready? Right, let's go. All right, here you go. This is Aha. Oh, you just rickrolled you. That's what I did. Play some aha, but what did you do? I played Rick. I Rick you Rick rolled my. I Rick rolled. That's you. what you did. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today: mostly sunny with a high of 78. But right now, here's Rick Astley. We're no strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do I. Uh, a good commitment's what I'm uh-huh. thinking of. Yep. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. Yeah, that's I good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Gotta make you understand. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you uh-huh. down. It's okay. 69 yeah. in downtown Springfield. Giggity. Giggity. That's the news <laughs> on Rock 102. Technology is awesome. Well, except for all the cables and all the cords and all the wires. Now imagine if you could connect to technology without physically attaching to it. 